Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello and welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me. I'm Charles and joining me as usual are Chessie, Danny and Neil. How are you guys? How's your week been? Not bad, thank you. Uh, yeah, weeky. It's been, it's been weeky, mate. It's been weeky? <laughs> yeah. I don't... I'd have thought it'd be quite strong. Didn't you get to go golfing for the first time in about seven years? <laughs> I got to golf, yeah. Got to golf uh, Friday evening, which was nice. Interestingly, actually, I did get to golf and I play a lot of golf, so it was nice to get back out on the golf course. However, there was obviously, quite clearly, a lot of people playing that don't usually play. And <laughs> it obviously took the advantage, the fact golf courses were open and it gives them something to do so they thought oh dust the old clubs off and go and have a go and have a hit but it was quite frustrating because a lot of them clearly weren't particularly good and quite a few of them were drinking and messing around and yeah but it was nice to be out there i would say that surely they must be able to play if they've got their own golf clubs i take it you can't hire them i mean you know me i've not actually played golf so usually you can hire them um but currently you can't hire them because of the the obvious coronavirus reasons. yeah obvious reasons yeah. um but yeah usually you can hire them but I, I don't think they give you very depending on which club you're playing at but i know mm. if you play at Delapri, then the, the clubs they give you basically my mate who lives in america came over and obviously didn't want to ship his own clubs back so he hired some and uh he he hit the five iron i think it was and the head of the five iron went flying so basically it snapped <laughs> in half so um <laughs> i don't think they're very good Good golf. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, to be fair, the, the head went further than the ball, so. <laughs> <laughs> Much like Sam Hoskins. <laughs> Brilliant. Always rely on Danny to bring it back to being cobbler-related. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Danny, by the way? Charles Rudely, he, Jesse, uh, Jesse, Jeffy answered, I answered, and then he just started talking to me about golf and completely ignored you. He, do- he doesn't care about me anymore, honestly. He doesn't, does he? No. Dead to Is that me. enough? He's going to furlough you. You need to be careful. <laughs> he is. I just got back from furlough and I was going to furlough him again. <laughs> Sorry, Daddy. How are you? How's your week? I'm been? all right. How are I'm your right. chickens? I'm back to work. Chickens are good. I'm back how to work. How are your chickens? Uh, 
It's <laughs> a valid question, I think. Chickeny is the answer. <laughs> How are the chickens? Chickens, four a day. Still getting four eggs a day. Um, so we've been sharing them out around our neighbours and stuff, which has been nice. A uh, good way to meet the neighbours. Um, all tickety boo. Chickety boo, even. Good stuff. And, and Chessie? Yeah. What's Sean been buying this oh, week? Oh, me. Well, <laughs> I came home the other day from uh, work and there were was a whole cupboard full of pint glasses. Ooh. I'm assuming he's creating some kind of homemade pub because he can't go to the pub. Um, and then a wok appeared in my house. Giant wok. I mean, they're great and all, but you know. A uh, random hedge trimmer I've just located in our dining room. <laughs> Didn't know that existed. <laughs> <laughs> and a Nissan Micra has appeared in my house <laughs> as well this week. So In your is, house? Well, not in it, but <laughs> on my driveway. I mean, the list is just getting longer and longer, isn't it? But yeah, so wh- how many things can you buy in lockdown? Many. I, I just love the fact that you go from... First of all, can I clarify, actually? Was it a hedge trimmer or a hair trimmer? Hedge trimmer. <laughs> Right, okay. Like just, a garden just Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely fine. Uh, it was just the fact that it was in your dining room. That that put me off. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's uh, in my dining room. I'm sat looking at it now. <laughs> but I love the fact that you've kind of gone from like a wok to a Nissan Micra in one breath. <laughs> literally. <laughs> brilliant, yeah. Supermarket so sweep, basically. It's Sean. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's literally, it's a game of supermarket sweep. Like his favourite thing to do is to go to Lidl. If you see a giant inflatable banana, you know what's going on. <laughs> I was going to go for an inflatable burger, but you know, that, that's just me. I've got Julian Oldsop <laughs> on my mind, clearly. <laughs> Hi, I'm Alex Nichols, and it's all cobblers to me. Hello, it's Danny here, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to It's All Cobblers to Me and to tell you how you can help support the podcast. Every week, I badger Charles to play Name That Bench every single time or to talk about Sam Hoskins' goal at Tramir for the whole hour, meaning editing is a lot more challenging than squeezing Richard Hope into an all-time Cobblers 11. That's why we set up our own Patreon page. For just five US dollars a month, that's around four quid, you'll help to keep the podcast going and get your very own thank you jingle. So if you enjoy what we do and want to support us, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Now, back to the pod. Thanks to all of our Patreon supporters who joined us on Thursday night for our very first Zoom Q&A. And thanks also to Nicky Adams, of course, for being our guest and answering everyone's questions as honestly as he did. He was pretty open, wasn't he, guys? He was really good. It was really good. Really, really good. Really open and honest about wanting to get started again actually the first time we've spoken since ricky and nicky isn't it since we it is recorded yeah. them. ricky Both and them nicky just... <laughs> new sitcom coming to channel four yeah, <laughs> which you probably I'd could be it. actually just stick them in a room together actually couldn't yeah. you <laughs> just, just listen to them. both just full of you could just listen to him for hours couldn't you just bounce off we, did. we did um, we did we did just amazing <laughs> stories so so many good things coming from that so yeah uh, great to hear that the basis of the 2016 championship winning squad was built on halfway line beers yeah exactly brilliant (laughs) essentially brilliant (laughs) no i I absolutely love the fact that i saw on twitter maybe yesterday or the day before somebody saying and it was talking about the premier league and them going back and getting back on with it and it was in response to the uh, german bundesliga having started this weekend which of course bundesliga Bundesliga. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but they were saying that that nobody wants to get back to playing football, not even the players. And I just literally went, well, I've spoken to a player, two players in the last week, and they've both basically said, I want to get back playing football. Yeah, I think you're right. I think, I have to imagine the majority probably want to get back playing, don't they? Just to get back to a bit of normality. Um, I noticed that it's... Monday, isn't it, at the moment? I lose track of the days, but we're recording on the Monday, aren't we? And mm-hmm. earlier on today that the Prem got given the go-ahead to go back to training, didn't they? So it's starting to inch that way. Talking of, I missed the Nicky Adams bit, but just to go back to that, I thought it was interesting because he said to us, didn't he? he? He said his idea would be to do the end of the season on, on points per game and still play the playoffs and... You know, maybe we'd get Cheltenham in the semi-final, um, and then lo and behold, <laughs> Mr. Nicky. A few days later, <laughs> it's almost as if he already knew. 
<laughs> I know, I know. It was good, though. And we'll be announcing more of those uh, Q&A for our Patreon supporters in the near future. So if you want to take part in any of them moving forward, then just go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Thanks to Patreon supporter, Melbourne Cobbler. Right, well, guys, as we said before, football is back, sort of, or at least it is in Germany. Did we watch any of the Bundesliga at the weekend? Yes. We yes. And what we, did we think like, of it? It was like old times. Me and Danny watching the football, talking nonsense <laughs> on WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Perfect. It slightly, was just, better, slightly better quality than usual. Yeah, and less moaning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was fun, um, wasn't it? It was, it was really yeah. good fun to see competitive sports in any sense back in, back on the TV, wasn't it? Yeah, was it competitive? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. I, there was. A, I, I looked on Twitter and was doing the usual. Whenever I watch football on on the TV, I'll generally follow Twitter as well, just to see what people are saying and stuff and that sort of thing. And there was a lot of people saying this isn't football as we know it, and there's no atmosphere. Well, of course, there's no atmosphere. There's no fans there for starters. Um, but the game itself, it was still competitive. It was. It took. It did take first fifteen minutes of the game I watched, which was uh, Dortmund v Schalke. Um, it did the first 15 20 minutes did feel like a bit of a training game um right. but then it sort of clicked into life a little bit well certainly for dortmund it did um <laughs> but it, it clicked into life a little bit there was tackles going in and there was no it was definitely competitive fair enough i mean the, the game cuz i didn't start off by watching the same game as you guys you both cuz danny you watched borussia dortmund as well didn't you I did, yeah, yeah. I, l- I like a bit of Dortmund. It felt a bit like you know at the weekend. It felt a bit like you know when you you really like a band before they're famous, so you don't really want to talk about it too much. Um, <laughs> so sort of like that uh, when people are asking what your German team is, I like um, I do like a bit of Dortmund, and, uh, especially uh, especially old uh, Erling Haaland up front. Um, so I was going to tune into that game anyway. It was good to be able to, yeah, just watch a bit of football that and invest yourself on one of the teams. You automatically do that when you watch football, don't you? you just automatically drift towards one of the teams playing no matter who it is. If you watch football on the park, you think, who who do I want to win this match? It's just a natural instinct. So it was nice. It's good to be able to watch it and good, uh, good quality from Dortmund. Sorry, um, Mike Fuller, who's a Schalke fan now, apparently. <laughs> Schalke fan Mike Fuller. Well. A, who doesn't he support? But, um <laughs> it's like Ashley Hoskins. It yeah. changes from one week to the next. Pops up wherever. Who would be fit? Italy's going to be playing back again relatively soon, I think, isn't it? Who's he going to pick there? Girona. 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 <laughs> <laughs> what games did you watch, Charles? Uh, I watched the Hertha Berlin game, which was really boring compared to what, what you guys were watching. <laughs> Well, I, I like you. I was on WhatsApp, WhatsApp with you guys, and you were going, "Oh, that's a really good goal." Oh, that's another <laughs> really good goal. Borussia Dortmund were quite good, and I was sat there watching this game. Hurt Berlin, just going, "God, this is rubbish." <laughs> and it made you drift really towards Hurt Berlin, Charles. I didn't. I didn't want. I, the thing was right. I, I kind of just looked at it and we just went, "Borussia Dortmund's quite an obvious game to watch because it's Dortmund," and I know I sound really like just don't want to follow the curve kind of thing with it but that was that was basically it i kind of went i don't i don't watch a good team normally so let's find a <laughs> rubbish team to watch in germany in team. <laughs> <laughs> we're not in the we're not in the top league of our country we're certainly not in the top four of the division we can dream charles we can dream well we ash, can. T- ash taylor's in the top league of his country what a shame Mate, that's Scotland. <laughs> They're not even the top bit of, I don't know, Europe. <laughs> Technically they are, but anyway, okay. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> They'd lose against the Oval. Probably would. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but no, I, you know, for me, the issue that I had was that the game was boring and I got, I lost interest after about 20 minutes because the lack of atmosphere was actually not making it watchable for me. I mean, I don't know. You guys were watching a game that actually had goals in. So, I mean, maybe that's what was actually lacking in the game that I was watching more than the fans. (laughs) I don't know. But it really felt like I was just like, I'm bored. 
So I, I then swapped over and did start watching the Dortmund match. I think that was at half time. So I caught the start of the second half. And I still couldn't get into it. I think it's very flat, isn't it? It's very flat yeah. without fans. And I think it's very difficult because with the football community as such, not just in England, but internationally, has been very divided as to whether we restart football. So it's it's almost as if we're a little bit tentative when we're watching it. We can't just relax and watch it because we're kind of thinking, well, what's going to happen here? And I think because there is no fans to gauge that feeling, because you can gauge gauge what's happening in the stadium from the fans. And, and normally you can tell whether that's an entertaining match or not. But obviously you haven't got that and you haven't got that ability to to really relax and just watch the game. Because I think that generally that's probably what the issue is, is that we're not able to fully enjoy it for what it is at the moment because there's so much in the wider world going on, isn't there? I did notice, though, after one of the... It might have been the final Dortmund goal, there was a bit of chanting going on. Did anybody else notice that? I didn't notice any chanting. There was a a weird kind of buzz around, I think, wasn't there? There was a few people in there, and the players probably created that atmosphere themselves, I guess. I don't know if they were chanting, but (laughs) maybe they started chanting themselves. (laughs) I know on radio commentary that that they... um... They dubbed some um, crowd noise because Sean actually listened on his way back from work and he said he actually had to turn it off because it was too much. If they'd have just played the game almost in silence as such and just had a commentary on it, he'd have listened to it. But he said he couldn't listen to it. And, you know, whether a lot of fans fell into that category, I don't know. But as Danny said, you know, it, it was difficult to make out, wasn't it? They played goal music, though, didn't they? That's what... They did play did goal they music. really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the celebration, Seven Nation Army. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember what it, it was. Something to, it was to the tune of "Go West," from what I remember. Ah, uh, yes, goal. yeah, it was. Uh, and the celebrations were quite fun because they had to stand off from each other. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. What, what, what's this all about? It makes no sense. It doesn't. <laughs> I mean, there was a one point when they were going. Didn't didn't they they I, the commentators even said didn't they that you know they, they've got to socially distance for the celebrations, but then playing a contact they stood yeah. next to each other yeah <laughs> playing contact sport they stood next to each other at kickoff, and I mean I was just like I don't get this it doesn't it's work. Something to do with surely. the timing the the amount of time you spend yeah. yeah so if somebody did a pylon for example then you might be on top of someone for five seconds or something like that but it was. A quick high five would be... That's all it takes, Danny. That's all it takes, especially if you're on top of someone. <laughs> I, did, I did see, though, that there was a high five in one of the celebrations. And I did think to myself, oh, high thump. It's push, pushing the line, that. There was, there was I can't remember which team it was, but uh, there was someone jumped on the goal scorer's back in one of the games as a celebration, which kind of goes against everything they're supposed to be doing, I guess. So I think you're going to get that. I... I it's a bit silly, isn't it? It seems like one of those things for show, almost to say, look, we're taking this seriously and we're we're trying mm. to social distance. But mm. actually, corners, you know, they're all within close proximity of each other. Yeah, can't just let. Them I enjoyed. Um, I enjoyed how Dortmund went up to the yellow wall and just celebrated afterwards as well. You know, that giant <laughs> stand that got behind the goal. Um, yes, they just all went yes. up and did their their uh, usual celebration after they win. That was fun. Um, but yeah, do you, do you think they just stuck some ball boys in there or the youth team? That's what I was, I was wondering about ball boys because there must be a hell of a long way to go and get the ball back. I imagine they must have rather than ball boys, they'll have the youth team, like steward staff or you know members of the health and safety team, just dotted around the stadium. Maybe, I mean, it'd be quite easy at six hours, wouldn't it? You just literally put one person in each stand. No, but, you use my no, tractors, wouldn't you, Charles? Come on. You'd use the tractors to, when they're building the East End just to get the little scoop, transport it back to the pitch. See, this has all been planned, remember? <laughs> oh, dear. But no, I, I do think that the whole thing just seemed a bit pointless in a way. What, not not the playing game, football. The game. The, the social distancing aspect of it. Because the other part of it was on the sidelines... You could see like the subs, the medical staff, all these people, they're all they've all got a mask on, right? But then the managers just stood there, no mask. So you're like that going, well, if everybody else on the touchline is wearing one, why isn't 
the referee wearing one or the lines, or maybe not the referee because he's on the pitch, he's having to run God knows how many Ks a, a match. But the linesman just sort of skips up and down the line, don't they? They don't really do much. So why don't they, why isn't he wearing a mask? And why is that the manager? That side of things for me just confuses the situation, I think. I agree. Hello, I'm the voice of Gaviscon, Max Rushton, and it's all cobblers to me. So have we, have we decided that if football comes back in the UK without any fans, that it'll be okay? It'll be fine. Uh, I think it'd be all right when there's stuff to play for. Like the Dortmund stuff you get, the set, like obviously they're still going for the title and stuff. Um, whereas I can imagine you're, the game you were watching, Charles, there's not a lot on it. And when swiftly the Premier League comes back, um, there's not a lot to play for, is there? Apart from relegation. So you're going to get games like... Um, try not to be disrespectful for some people, but <laughs> I don't know, Bright, <laughs> Brighton v Burnley or something on a Tuesday night and you watch it and there's there's nothing on it as well as it being behind closed doors. I can imagine that being quite weird, but um, you can tell from some of the players, for the Dortmund players, there's still something on it and they're still happy to be back out there and trying to fight for something. So I think it depends what 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 the kind of situation with, with each game is and we'll come on to the playoffs later because that's going to be interesting mm. as well. I think as well, it's it's important to to touch on the fact that the stuff that's coming out of Burton this afternoon um, probably puts into perspective the decisions that are being made. If we have to play behind closed doors and if we have to play the playoffs behind closed doors, isn't that a better result than losing a lot of clubs? If you look at the statement that Burton have made this afternoon and the fact that Clough has had to stand down, all for financial reasons, it looks to be so then actually it's a very small price for us to pay as, as a footballing community than to say, right, we're just going to wait until we can play it in front of fans to cripple so many clubs. I, I did not know this. What's happened at Burton? So Nigel Clough's had to step down because um, basically the chairman said that they they are really struggling financially and the coronavirus has had a massive impact. And so therefore they've put one of the players in player manager charge and, and Nigel Clough has stepped down because they just simply can't afford to keep going with him in charge. And that's effectively what the statement wow. said. Wow. So basically they've 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 not sacked him, have no, they? No, they haven't. They, not way. at all. They they actually sat with him and and I think he from what the statement says and how we read into it, I think he's kind of offered his position up as such. Wow. Because he knows I mean it's, it's good that he can afford to do that. I mean, imagine if any of us turned around and just went, or we were even asked, look, for the good of the business, can you walk away? Mm. I mean, I know football is a completely different thing, isn't it? It's not just a business. Yeah. But, I mean, that that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people have, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter talking about it. And that is just one club of many that are going to be in that situation. I think it's only a matter of time before we get more. And I think it's so important that we did as a league make especially in league two make the decision we made the other day so that at least clubs know where they are because if you think the agony that that burton players staff everyone should be going through right now just even with the idea that this could end their club it, it, you know that it's not worth that just to play in front of five thousand pounds or three thousand pounds whatever it's not worth it is it i'd rather play behind closed doors for two years if it meant that our club stayed alive i don't know about anybody else it's pretty ridiculous, isn't it? That I mean, I know. I guess it's just an indication of how bad most football clubs are run. But it's pretty. I well, I personally think it's pretty ridiculous that what is what have we been so March, April, two months maybe, and clubs are potentially going to go bust already, or can't afford to pay the manager, or whatever it may be. I mean, it, yeah, right. I, I, I kind yeah. of feel, feel like that shouldn't be the situation, right? And, and I know that football clubs get their income generally from games being played and stuff, um, but it's probably, in, in a way, it's, this is probably a good thing, right? That there might be a bit of a reset and a readjustment of how football manages its finances and stuff, because that's that's ridiculous that 
like I feel sorry for the Burton fans, and I mean maybe some of them wanted Clough out anyway, so actually it might it might be quite positive about it. But um, <laughs> there's definitely going to be an element of that support base, isn't there? Yeah, it's bound to be. Like, yes, oh, well, great news. Got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it, I, I don't, I, like Macclesfield, I could understand. You know, they were struggling anyway, and there's a couple of clubs that were struggling anyway. So that sort of thing I can see. But I mean, I thought Burton were a relatively well-run club, relatively do relatively well. You know, they they're a small fan base, but they, you know they're they're well run or they've always been spoken about as being well run and well looked after and all that sort of stuff, haven't they? And then it's like, it just seems strange to me that however many weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, however many weeks it's been that suddenly, well, not suddenly, I guess, but it's been creeping up, I assume, but they just can't suddenly pay the manager. And it's like, well, I don't know if that's right. Obviously it's not right, but it just seems odd that that's happening so quickly. Could, could we not, maybe play devil's advocate and say actually maybe it is the sensibility of the fact that the way that the club is run that actually that chairman's not willing to take the risk that other chairmen may well do could we could we say it like that maybe actually they could be in a financial position to to pay him or you know to overcome those financial challenges but actually because it's so well run he's not prepared to take that risk and you know that might be the case and that could be a bit of saving grace for some clubs, so maybe maybe it's that, or you know, or maybe it is deep rooted and we just don't know about it. Mm, yeah, it's a fair shout. Maybe, maybe he's you know just trying to keep the club ticking over and thinks this is the the most sensible thing to do. What what I can't understand is by by finishing the season how that helps because there's that argument at the moment in League One, isn't there? Well, I know um, Andy Holt, the Accrington chairman, has been quite vocal on Twitter as he always is. Um, But he's been quite vocal at the moment about just end the season, do it points per game. How are we going to afford to, to continue and play nine games and stuff? Now, ultimately I guess there will be a bit of a cost in it, but, but surely they'd, they'd get money from the TV deal. I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I just can't, I struggle and and maybe you guys can explain it where the extra cost come from. So I know there'll be an extra cost in terms of testing the players, surely that would be down if the EFL decide they want the season to continue then surely the EFL have to pay and help support that right I think it's furlough Neil I think it's the Is issue it? of taking people off of furlough it's how the club are able to foot that bill and because a lot of a lot of teams have accessed furlough at the moment then those wages are being paid by the government scheme. And it, it literally is if they take the, basically the situation we're in as a club now, I know we're going to come on to it, is the fact that we are technically now in the playoffs. Then, well, we have to take those players off and our players aren't on furlough. But if our players were on furlough, we'd have to take them off furlough and pay their wages. So if you think that's the position that some clubs may be in, I think that's where the difficulties are coming in. Because if you think if we're, you've got to open for nine games, you've got to pay club shop staff for nine games, you've got to pay you know people on the ticket office for nine games there's everything like that you're probably losing more than you're gaining yeah but if if we were if if the actual fans were allowed in then you would have those staff there you're quite right yeah but actually those staff wouldn't need to be there so the staff that the cobblers have furloughed as far as i understand it is that and i don't know this from any actual source this is just me almost, I suppose, assuming, but I assume that what the club would do is that they would go, right, everybody that works in the restaurant that literally cannot come into work, they cannot perform their duties at home, well, you're furloughed, we'll take advantage of the government furlough. That seems fair. But everybody else, so like the media guys, they can do their job at home. Um, I suppose James Whiting, the CEO, can do his job at home. You know, those kind of people. And then obviously the players and the actual coaching staff, I know that they can't necessarily do their full job at home, but they can still keep fit. They can still run training sessions via Zoom, I suppose. Although thinking about Keith Curl doing, you know, Friday head tennis via Zoom (laughs) is quite entertaining. Um, (laughs) But, you know, those, those people would stay on the furlough. But the, the issue is that there's no money coming in. And I know what you're saying about a TV deal, Neil, but there's no guarantee that there would be any actual additional money from Sky or BT to show these games extra. The only way that I can see that, that there would be extra money coming in would be if they turn around and say, which I, I believe that they're looking at, is, right, you can now buy a ticket at the same cost as a normal match ticket to watch the game on iFollow. But the other issue with that is that season ticket holders are going to get that, or they should get it, 
for free because they've already paid their money. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and also anybody that's bought tickets to any other games, like any of the away games that were coming up, Cambridge away, for example, people will have bought tickets for that. They should be allowed to watch the game because they've already bought the ticket. Now, I know that then means that somebody has got to go and work in the ticket office and work out who's got a ticket, who can have availability to go and watch that game via iFollow. So you then are doing exactly the same thing. You're, you're paying somebody to work, to do something. But where's the money going to come from to actually pay those costs? And you've still got to have game. Uh, so you've still got to have people actually at the ground, haven't you? Yeah. You've still got to have doctors, uh, paramedics and doctors and all of those people have still got to be there and available. So there are still going to be people that have to be there no matter what. You have to pay the police, I think, to attend a game. Now, okay, fine. You might argue that, well, we don't need that many police to actually be at the stadium anymore because there's no fans to police as well, such. <laughs> well, but I mean, there must be a reason to have the police there other than having the fans no we don't you see we, them in the tunnel no we have some we have um numerous games where the police aren't there even when the fans were there oh okay well in fair enough i, I hold my hands up I, I don't know exactly what that is then but you know the point is is that there will still be people there so yeah, there course. will be a cost to putting a game on and if they're not recouping it not to not to mention the electricity bill for having the floodlights on yeah that'd be huge wouldn't it yeah, I don't mean, play, I know we're coming to the summer. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, okay, fine. But there are still other costs, aren't there, involved with gas, electric and stuff. There's still other ways that that, that will rack up. Someone's um, got to disinfect toilets and things like that. It's it's not as easy as everyone looks because it's not only the jobs that you've just talked about, Charles, it's the jobs that come mm. with corona, isn't it? It's, it's a new one. More, pe- yeah. Yeah, pe- more people have got to go in and disinfect toilets. They've got to have PPE for those people. It, it's a minefield at the best of times. It's the testing as well. That The testing would cost a lot, I would assume. Mm. And where, where that cost falls, I'm not sure. But I assume that's going to cost a lot to get everyone who's going to that ground tested. Or That's, um, that's the thing which like I that. think is ridiculous. Well, not ridiculous, but obviously I know they need there needs to be tested and I know the testing needs to happen. I think it, if there's games that are going to happen, surely the EFL should help foot the bill of that. Surely. Yeah, I totally agree. Like, it's probably a different, I think a slightly that... different kettle of fish in the Prem because, you know, most of them are have got mega rich owners and stuff and however much, a couple of hundred grand, you know, or whatever it's going to cost, it's, it's not that much to them. But whereas to us, that's, that's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah, I think I read somewhere that the, the Premier League are paying £4 million now I don't know whether that's overall or it's per club, but that's the amount that it's going to cost for the testing. But mm. people, people like Bournemouth are rumoured to only make about two point one point two five million, aren't they? And a hundred million of that is is TV money. You know, it's like where's that money going to come from? Because mm. you know they're they're big hitters in the Premier League as such, but actually financially, when you take away you know and you scratch off that surface it's not a lot for a Premier League team it's this uh, it's completely unknown I think isn't it, with EFL there's, we're, all, we're talking so much in maybe someone will pay this or maybe somebody will pay that and to, to a chairman of a football club who's just looking after the you know, got to look after the club and the staff and, and everything like that you can't guarantee anything at the moment and so I think that's where some of the panic's coming into especially with the Burton situation that they just don't know yeah, I, I agree with that. And that is that is the main issue, isn't it? Is that we don't have a clue what's actually going on. Um, I do. Global pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> Saying that, um, if we're going to go... Don't, I, don't I, you I, go conspiracy theory on me, Dan. <laughs> no, no, not saying that, but going back to the Burton <laughs> thing. I quite like the idea of player managers coming back. Because that used to be a thing, didn't it? Like There used to be quite a lot of player managers. Kevin Wilson, for one. Um if Keith Cole was to go, I know, and I know, I know, yeah, I know exactly what we're probably all thinking. But ah. if Keith Cole goes, and we have to appoint, we have to appoint one man as player manager. <laughs> I Step wonder up, who Sam that Hoskin. could be. No, no, no. Oh, I wasn't thinking right, Sam sorry. Hoskins on the yeah. <laughs> The animal player manager. <laughs> Can you imagine? In. Oh my god, they'd be terrified into winning the league. <laughs> Why haven't you won the league? Oh, I don't know, Alan. It's not good enough. <laughs> Just kicking balls at their heads in the dressing room before the game. <laughs> oh, just a daily daily reminder that we love Alan McCormack. 
I'm Ricky Holmes, and it's all cobblers to me. Speaking of uh, fans, Charles, I just wanted to bring this one up. Um, I don't know if you saw this story over the weekend. Um, FC Seoul um, <laughs> were playing uh, their back to normal where, where they play um, behind closed doors, obviously. Um, in a bid to ramp up the atmosphere in the stands with no fans, they actually used sex dolls to fill the ground with. Um, <laughs> which apparently the, the person who ordered them said... Um, they weren't sex dolls, but they did order them from a website that sells sex dolls. <laughs> so <laughs> it, 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 yeah. it works. It's a pretty poor excuse. I've seen pictures of it as well. They're, they're actually social distanced them as well, which is quite hilarious. They're actually <laughs> placed them social distance <laughs> between each other. Um, just wanted to bring that up. That found that quite funny over the weekend. Did they, uh, did they all sit there singing, oh, pump it up? <laughs> they didn't <laughs> they were already fully pumped but, uh. <laughs> I'm not sure you can say that they've, they've put them in different poses as well <laughs> yeah they've had to come out and apologise as well haven't they yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just bizarre that they get to the point where like, oh yeah uh, uh, I did use a website maybe they were <laughs> <laughs> I did use a website maybe they were I like that <laughs> I'm paraphrasing Absolutely. obviously <laughs> obviously yeah <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, we we even we didn't come up with that, did we? In, in that episode that we recorded, <laughs> our ideas were much better. Brilliant. Um, well, should we talk about the fact that the League Two season is over and we're officially in the playoffs? Hey, yes. Keith Curl's done his Curl, job. Well done, Keith. <laughs> Keith has Be been, most is Keith Curl It's <laughs> <laughs> phoning Kelvin Thomas today, and he going, yeah, "Job's done." There's a new contract. <laughs> yeah, new contract, please, Kelvin. Come on. Keith, how did, how did you make the playoffs? Oh, coronavirus gave it to us. Easy. Like, oh, what a way to do it, eh? <laughs> Shit us our way to that. <laughs> Imagine if we look back and we think, oh, that lead up to that playoff game, that great game against Mansfield. Oh, wait. <laughs> do you know what? I, I, I actually do want to say... Uh, a nice thing about a club I never thought I'd say a nice thing ever about. Oh, um, God. Which Port Vale. Port vale. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, actually, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Go on, Charles. I mean, it's just, you know, the fact is, is that they are the team that are in eighth position. And therefore, you know, they're, they're our closest rivals in terms of getting into the playoffs. And, and also, if you look at the form table... Steve McManaman, then we will find that, <laughs> that that I think they should have been ahead of us. In like the last six games, they were definitely doing better than we were. So they were on the rise, if you like, and looked, and, and I know f- football's a funny game and you can never be sure, but it looked as though one or two more games and they'd have overtaken us and we'd have dropped out of the playoffs, potentially. So for them to be... No, do you know what? The right thing to do is to is to end the season, put it on, is it PPG, points per game? Yeah. And they miss out by, what is it, 0.1 it's, or something? It's, one, it's two one-hundredths of a point. I mean, that's that's maddening. And I mean, you know, these are, that's a, that's a club that haven't had any success in a long time. They've had, obviously, issues with, with ownership and all this that's been sorted out and they seem to now have some really good owners in charge of the club um i I mean that's just a really it's a really decent thing it's just a shame that they're still port vale (laughs) i I do think it is it is as you say it's a really decent thing to do i do think it it really reflects the way that football has has kind of joined as that community in the last couple of months and i actually think that we probably have seen the worst in what can happen as a world but in terms of the football community we've really pulled together and we've we've worked really hard as a community to show ourselves in a good light and the fact that I mean they were so close and I and I I do think we'd have probably missed out and as Sean said it the other day we're the worst team in that playoffs without a shadow of a doubt we are the worst team in that playoffs not even just looking at the table in terms of position but in terms of football style and and they they must feel right to feel hard done by but what a wonderful reflection on the way we are as a community. And I think it's so important to, to recognise what they've done for the greater good. 
Yeah, and then like, on the flip side, of course, yes, you've got Peterborough United. <laughs> well, hey, what idiots. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, it's not necessarily them, it's the owner, isn't yes, it? Yes, it is. Their owner is. It is the owner, yeah. Bellend. <laughs> like, what I don't get right is he's doing it for one reason and one reason only, right? Which is he spent a load of money and he's trying to get the. He's, they're going to struggle, I guess, next year if they don't get promoted this year. But there's talk of... They're not in the playoffs at the moment, are they? No. No, they're, they're seventh. They are, are they? I thought they weren't and then they were going to drop out. Oh, I, I've, I thought... Well, no, no, no. Yeah, but only the top six, isn't it? Playoffs are four yeah. to six. But there's one. talk about... Oh, I thought they were in there right at the moment, though. There is no. talk of extending the You're right, Neil. By an extra two teams. And if that happens, I am genuinely going to... Even lockdown or no lockdown, I'm going to drive to London Road. And I'm going to shit. Is Noel, Noel Edwards hosting that? Just that address. He might be. And I'm going to shit on the west side, the east side, the north side, and the south side of the stadium. Because um, that's if that happens, that is bullshit. By the way, you either you either make a decision and you say right points per game, and we we'll continue with the playoffs as they are, or you don't do it. You can't say because where do you extend it to because if you extend it by an extra two places well what about the, the team that's in ninth what about us what can't extend it we, by an extra place why don't you open it up to everyone yeah do you know what actually I, I mean i have actually i've just i've just brought the table up and and sorry danny you were right peterborough is sixth they're sixth yeah and so, they, they would go out of it because of wickham i think um, is it ppg game, that causes it i think is it that, yeah i it, think they i think they dropped uh, down to seventh and i do remember that mr McCansney did say that he's going to quit if they don't get into the playoffs this season so that's probably another reason why it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably another reason for this but the thing is the thing is neil's right because <clears throat> if they do it for league one i know league two has already been voted for blah 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 but logistically and legally as well port vale would have a massive case if they did do it in League One, they could turn around and say, actually, hang on a minute, we gave that spot up for Northampton that may well have been us because we felt it was the right thing to do. And suddenly you're giving League One another space. Well, it needs to be, I think, what should have happened, being the EFL, is one one decision for every single area of the EFL and say, right, that's what's happening in this league, this league and this league. Having one rule for League one and one rule for league two it's pointless and actually it's quite disrespectful of league two because yes okay we are smaller clubs but you know we still got a lot riding on it yeah well the thing the important thing here though guys is that it isn't confirmed leagues one and two have to vote still on what's going on so at the moment as far as i can work out they've all basically had a chat and they've had a league-wide meeting each. So League One, all the League One clubs have had a Zoom meeting probably, and then all the League Two clubs have done the same. The League Two clubs have all decided that the best interest is to stop the season and to do it on PPG. But that's not confirmed. They've basically just had the preliminary discussions that that's what they would vote for. So they're showing their intention. Whereas League One have basically all bar, it's either five or six clubs. So it's Posh, Oxford, Sunderland, Fleetwood, and uh, Portsmouth, and Ipswich. And <laughs> Funny, though. I mean, let's, let's let's just have a look and see where those teams are, shall we? So Oxford <laughs> are third, um, Portsmouth are fourth, Fleetwood are fifth, uh, Posh are sixth, Sunderland and Wickham, was it that I said? Or was it Sunderland and Ipswich? Sunderland, Sunderland and Ipswich. Sunderland are seventh, and Ipswich... A tenth. And I mean, I mean, come on. It's quite obvious why they just want to carry on, isn't it? It's ridiculous, isn't it? And you say it's an indicative vote, but that says a lot about people already, doesn't it? Whether it goes through or not, it's it's what their intentions are, and it just shows people yeah. up. And the yeah. Carol Shanahan, who it is as Port Vale, compared to what Darren McCantony's done, mm. it's, it just shows what whatever happens, it shows Port Vale in, or the chairman of Port Vale in such a good light, and McCantony just as and the other five or six people in such a bad light. You just, you'd hope that if it came to us, we'd we'd do the same as what Port Vale had done, um, as hard as it would be. And as some occasional person would be annoyed, um, for the greater good, you've got to do that, haven't you? Well, what would you rather have? Would you rather have the end of the season, no guarantees of what's going to happen, no guarantees that your football club is going to financially survive, the end of the season. So Macclesfield is an example there. 
Or do you stop the season, say, right, okay, it's done now. We're not going to play any more games apart from the ones that are in the playoffs and therefore save a bunch of money because now the clubs aren't going to have to play nine games, is it, that we've got left? Mm-hmm. Um, only four teams in each league are actually going to have to play a potential of three games um, and that's it. And therefore, you survive and next season you start again, whenever that might be, whether it's August, September, November, whenever. What would you rather have? Yeah. Would you? I, I personally would rather have a football club to support in the yeah. future. And yeah, I'd rather I think we have, all feel the same. I'd rather have rivals as well, that legitimate rivals in the league and not ones that have just survived. You want, I wouldn't wish anybody out of business apart from MK Dons. Um, you want your Cambridges, you want your Leighton Orients, you want the Walsalls and Grimsby's and Salford's even and all that kind of Salford? thing. Well, maybe not, <laughs> not quite so much Salford. rival. I'm, I'm thinking of League Two teams. <laughs> League Two rivals, Salford. you know. <laughs> I'm talking rivals in the in the league sense. You want you want a competitive league that's legitimate and you want clubs to survive, basically. Um, now, nah, bullshit. I want them all to go bust barras and get us up to the press. <laughs> uh, not like Darren. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, look, let's just actually concentrate on us for a second. Are we going to say, who's going to be the first one to say it? <laughs> well, well, EIO, EIO. EIO. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Oh dear! I mean, by the looks of it, it's going to be a playoff semi-final against Cheltenham, isn't it? And that, at the moment, could be a one-legged tie at a neutral venue. I think there's talk, isn't there, Danny, of holding the playoffs all in one day at Wembley? Oh, like a fun day! Yeah, like a fun day. Yeah, <laughs> is it going to be gonna like... have a faint and everything? <laughs> Splatter out. <laughs> Archery just on the end. <laughs> assuming Danny Jackman will be the rat, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm assuming that the archery will be uh, pointed towards the ball that's still coming down from Ash Taylor's penalty. Yeah. <laughs> why does it have to be Wembley, by the way? Why, why does it need to be? I Wembley? don't think it will like... be Wembley, will it? No, Wembley I don't think it doesn't make sense. They should try. They should choose a, a ground that's that's still neutral, but you know, is is as close as possible in the middle, I would say, to whoever the teams are. The statement or, from, uh, sorry, oh, the statement from... <laughs> are we boring you? Well, you were, Charles, yeah. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah, that's why I interrupted. <laughs> um, the statement from Kelvin Thomas today said he, he expects it to be uh, a two-legged playoff like normal, basically, so mm. a, home, a home and an away leg, and then a final at a neutral venue. I mean, whatever, whatever it is... It, it, it's a positive, isn't it? Because, you know, on reflection, if we get to the playoffs and go up, everyone's happy. Brilliant news. If we get to the playoffs and don't succeed, we're gutted. But actually on reflection, you know, we haven't done too bad. So you've got to look at it both ways, haven't you? It's, it's written in the stars. It's written in the stars. It, it can't be any worse than 2013, can it? No, Charles, you've said it now. And this is not, you so can't Charles. say things like that. As <laughs> if it's Cheltenham in the semis as well. No, oh, yeah, Charles. It's almost as That's if you, Charles. you said I heard. it. We're re-signing Luke Guttridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I think it's written in the stars that we're going to get promoted, to be honest. I think it's an absolute given. Oh, God. Uh, without question. <laughs> Keith Curl's never been promoted as, in his career as a manager. It is absolutely <laughs> nailed on that he's going to get us promoted and there's going to be nobody there to witness it. That's amazing. Live. The most it's, Keith Cole to get promoted. Isn't it? Yeah. It's amazing. I'd love it. But I think we've had this this discussion, haven't we, on, on, our, on our WhatsApp group. When we kind of got the news the other day, we we all kind of did our own little celebration in lockdown, but we said that it, you know, it could play quite nicely into our hands in terms of the way that Keith Curl deals with the pressure of the playoffs. Not, it might not necessarily mean that we're successful, but what it will mean is that he's able to manage and maintain that pressure a bit better. Because we always say when we're in the stands that he bottles it a little bit when the pressure gets to him, and maybe this is is a way that he can can overcome that. Also, I think it plays into our style of play. Look, let's not let's not beat around Barbara Bush it, it, that we are <laughs> absolutely shit houses, aren't we, as a team generally? Um, it's brilliant, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is great. It's brilliant. Of course it is. And this plays into our hands as well. No fans there to to sort of get on the referee's back when we're doing our when Charlie Good's throwing himself to the floor when anyone breathes near him. Um 
but it's going to play into our hands, I think. I think I, I'm pretty confident, so I think we'll we'll beat Cheltenham five 0 both legs. Uh, <laughs> but then late late signing Bayo will sign for the final. <laughs> can't wait to make predictions. Is Keith, Keith going to right or wrong? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't either, Danny. I've been. I've started making predictions on loan what's going to like, We could just sign him on a month's loan just to play the playoffs. Is that? I think we have to, don't we? <laughs> Let's do it. But but the thing is as well another another thing that and I know you're going to say oh, I knew you were going to say that um, but another thing that's really important as well is Alan McCormack hopefully will maintain fitness because do you know what I'd like you Jeffy to bring up Alan <laughs> <laughs> I, I know you laugh but if you think of like on a on a in a sensible way he's quite key and if we've got him and he's fit and he's healthy. Then you you know True. you've got a, a better chance. It's a bit like bad Hoskins, news, though. Yeah, bad news though. Hoskins is suspended. Only for one though. Only for one game. Yeah, we had a bit of a panic, didn't we? We, we were we were panicking on your behalf, <laughs> weren't we, Danny? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we thought it was a three-match suspension. It is only a one-game one though. Yes, he'll be back for the second leg or the or the big final. Fresh, fresh as a daisy. The final. We're getting <laughs> to the final. Um, I think going by um, great chat, by the way, with Nicky Adams on Thursday, going by what, how he talks about the squad, I think it plays into our hands quite well because of how together they seem. And we probably don't see a lot of that from the stands, but the way he talks about some of the some of the things they get up to in training and stuff, and they do seem quite a together group. And I like they're, they're constantly in touch with each other and supporting each other and stuff. Um, I, I do think... It, it does play into our strengths a little bit and we don't particularly go off the crowd doing so, so that shouldn't make much difference <laughs> I did like the way that he mentioned that I asked him didn't I about do you think it will make much of a difference to you not having the crowd there and I know it's quite a cliched answer for a footballer of any uh, club to give but you know he did say about how the Northampton fans are just one of the best fans that they can have. Now, I don't necessarily think that, because he talked a lot about how good we were at following the club away from home. I don't think he necessarily has the same view at Sixfield. <laughs> but that's that's probably like a lot of us, to be fair. It, it, you go away from home and, and it does seem to be louder. But then again, you're all in one stand usually. Uh, whereas it's at home, you're obviously s- spread across two and a half. So Plus the tractors. He genuinely sounded like he meant it, didn't he? It wasn't like it was just a line that gets regurgitated through his, you know, sort of, oh, that's the right thing to say. He genuinely seemed to mean it. I genuinely think that Keith Curl has got this football club into a position where they are, are much more stable um, and they are much more likeable and we're able to almost trust them and they've got a real bit of integrity about them, this squad. And I, I, we, you can't, regardless of what happens in the playoffs going forward and how this ends and whether we go up or whether we stay down, you have, we, (laughs) yeah, but you have to look at Keith Curl and his managerial position at this football club and actually look upon it, not just from a footballing point of view, because we are all banged on about how the football hasn't been great, but do you know what? having spoken to Nicky Adams the other night and had a long, you know, chat with him about how the club is run and everything like that. But going from what he said, going from the way they've handled this coronavirus and everything that has evolved over the last 12 months or so, I actually think that he has done a fantastic job of getting this club back to where we need to be, to be stable and to really go and, and do something in League Two or in League One. It's so important to have that. And for the first time in a good four years, we feel quite positive about the club. And and that can't be underestimated, I don't think. I think he's done a brilliant job. I think it's so important to recognise how they have responded. And I think Nikki's comments, like Danny said, there's something about this team that is really special. And the only reason they've got that is because of the way that Keith is running it. And it's really important to recognise it. Speak for yourself. I Sacking. disagree a little bit. I don't think this team's really special, but I do think you're right. No, no, no. The, of... the bond, not the, as in special on the put. Ah, okay. Such, then, but like yeah. the bond in the dressing room. I don't, but the footballing's atrocious, frankly, at times. But it's, it's winning games. It's getting us out of this league, hopefully, which is what Keith Curl's kind of aim was it wasn't to play pretty football but actually looking at the dressing room and and how they are as a unit not the not the football inside Neil 
Oh, well, actually, yeah. on the football, sorry, Charles, on the football inside, Nicky Adams said, didn't he, that... Uh, That's he, what I was going to say. Or was yeah. it you were going to say? Yeah, so yeah. He, he said, didn't he? He said, he basically said, you try and play football on that pitch, it's impossible. Um, yeah. And he said, because they have to train on it as well. And I think because the, the, there was a bit of a problem with Moulton being waterlogged a lot or something or other. Um, so they've had to train on it a lot. He said, basically, it's it's bobble central, isn't it? And he said, you, you you can't play football on it, slip passing football all the time and stuff. And he also made a good point, didn't he, that about, was it when he was discussing um, sort of managers that are more, what's the word I'm looking for? Flashy. Flaffy. <laughs> Flashy, flashy. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily more flashy, but more, more yeah, want to play more football and stuff and more tactics mm. and stuff. And he said they overcomplicate things basically, and mm. it's not that complicated, especially in League League One and League Two. It's relatively simple, um, which is exactly what Keith Curl's doing, right? He's keeping it very simple a lot of the time. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky said the same thing, didn't he? And, and was it was it you that mentioned Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank to him? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he completely agreed. Over information, yeah, well, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's players would play themselves offside from their own, like, oh, from their own set of play. Oh my god, it was just so frustrating. <laughs> like, I got, I'm, I'm just breathe, like, breathe, breathe. It's over. <laughs> like, how you can play yourself offside? So many occasions, every every single match, that Peterborough away match, every time, they just play themselves offside. It's still painful. I, I thought it was interesting that Nicky said, and I know we're sort of stuck on this subject, but, you know, Nicky said that at the start of the season, they tried to play a bit more, you know, on the floor, attractive football. Um, and it and it just didn't work. So he said, well, what do you want us to do? Keep doing that and lose? Or do you want us to change up and win games any way we can? Which is essentially what they've gone and done. And yes, okay, they don't win every single match, but they've won more than they've lost this season. And they're in the playoffs. Happy day. And they're in the playoffs, exactly. Although, Danny, I know that you're quite upset, aren't you, that um, we may go up and we've not had the opportunity to lose 15 games yet. Yeah, it's disappointing, isn't it? <laughs> how many were we on? I think points per game might have took us towards that level. But, but how many were we on, guys, is important. How many were we on? Uh, hang on. I will find it. I have a horrible feeling it was 13. I don't think it was that many, was it? We drew quite a lot, didn't we? I've completely forgotten like, everything about this season. Um, 13, you're right, actually. Yeah, 13. Oh, my God. 13 with two legs of a playoff to go. No, no, no. And still get promoted. That's what That's what the point was. You can lose 15 games <laughs> in the season and still get promoted. Mm. <laughs> but you can't get Keith promoted said. if we lose twice in the playoffs, Charles. Well, exactly. That's the, that, well, that's the point I'm making. So it's not going to happen, is it? <laughs> I that's hope not. Happen. We're going to draw both games nil nil and win on penalties, then win the final on penalties. Yes, that's how you shit out your way to the league one. <laughs> Alan McCormack's just going to pop up on ninety eight minutes, and he's just going to launch a, a a strike from thirty yards out, and we're all going to go ballistic. That's what's going to happen. He's going to run into the stands of Wembley just on his own. <laughs> he's just just. Oh. Well, they should do that thing. Do you remember? Um, Euro 96, the Germany game, the semi-final. Chessie, I know you're not going to remember it because you weren't born or whatever. I um, was. I was only four, though. I was saying to Dawn four, earlier, yeah. I'm gutted I can't remember it because it sounded like a good tournament, but I was too young. Yeah. But, you know, they were going to the golden goal extra time um, in, this, in the semi, so whoever scored first was going through. Apparently, if England scored, their celebration was going to be to peg it down the other end of the pitch and go run down the tunnel just because the golden goal wins the game. Yeah, apparently the celebration was score the goal, everyone get together and just run down the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> run off. Just, yeah, brilliant. just run off the pitch and go. go it's gone. Some... <laughs> some Someone would have got lost. Gaza would have got sidetracked along the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would have gone wrong somewhere. Oh, that's brilliant. Reminiscing, reminiscing. Right. Well, look, I think we better end it there, to be honest with you, because otherwise we're just going to carry on all night saying lots of things about Keith Curl and probably Gaza now, now that we've gone into that. Um, <laughs> so thanks very much for listening It's All Cobblers to Me is a Vibrant Sound Media production do keep sending us your thoughts to the usual places leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and if you can sign up to support us on Patreon all the links you need are in the show notes or visit our website cobblerstome.com um, a big big thank you just to end the show for every one of you that listened last week it was our most successful episode ever 
We're really pleased that you enjoyed it. And hopefully you'll enjoy next week's episode and this one as well, of course, just as much. Thanks very much. See you next time. Bye, Ash. We are going up. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.